This is an Eye on Annapolis special update. Joining us on the phone today is Russell Leone, who is the president of the Teachers Association of Anne Arundel County, and that is TAC, uh, because we all love acronyms. Uh, not not to be confused with MSEA or SAAAAC or whatever whatever else you have. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Good. Well, our conversation was going to be talking about your letter and the request, I guess, or the demand, if you want to call it that, to the um, superintendent to go to a virtual learning for the fall. And that has changed. Yesterday afternoon, Dr. Arlotto put out uh, his announcement that Anne Arundel County Public Schools will be doing purely virtual for at least the first semester of the 2020-2021, and that's really hard to roll off the tongue, school year. But that doesn't really change a lot of what you guys were, were looking for, I don't think, there. Now, now, TAC itself, you are the teachers' union, is that correct? Correct. correct. Okay. And you represent all of the teachers that are in the classrooms throughout the county, and I'd probably say the vast majority of teachers are, are members. They, do you have to be a member of TAC to be a teacher? So while you don't have to be a member, we, we do boast about 90% of the, the teachers in our um, county are members. Um, but one thing also is it's not just classroom teachers that we represent. We also have our school psychologists. We have PPWs, speech and language pathologists. Um, so there are other positions that aren't specifically a classroom teacher. As president of TAC, I mean, as, is this, are you taking a hiatus from the classroom to be president of the Teachers Association or are you doing both or? So in, in our county, because the size of our membership, our, my position is is a full-time release from the classroom. Now, I know that your term is, is your term's coming up to an end pretty soon, isn't it? So I just finished my second year. We have two-year terms, and was um, I've been reelected for the second term so for, for the next two years as well. Okay. And the, the other thing I, I want to put in, I, I do stay connected to the classrooms. I do go out and volunteer and, and work with some small groups um, when I can because uh, I think that's important that somebody who's leading this uh, this profession should also still stay connected to what's changing and going on in the classrooms. I will say that despite the respite that we got apparently from Dr. Arlotto, and we don't know the full scope of this until he presents it to the Board of Education on the 22nd, you know, there's still a lot that needs to be done. And what do you think needs to be done? I mean, I know that you had laid out some different things in the statement that you had sent out, but where where does TAC and the teachers, and, and you guys are so critical to getting back into school. Okay, let's take, you need to teach. And teachers, just by their very age and perhaps their tenure and everything else, are probably a hell of a lot more vulnerable than everybody, a lot of other people in the community. And keeping the teachers healthy, I think, is one of the critical things that we need to accomplish when we're trying to battle this COVID. Right. And and you're absolutely correct. I mean, we do have, I mean, obviously the age range of our, of our educators um, spans the gamut because we do have new teachers, but we also do have quite a number of teachers who have been working in the county for several years. And so they may be of, of an age that puts them into a group that is a little more of concern. Um, but the other thing I want to point out, too, is that um, that the statement that we put out was not just from the teachers. Um, we did have support of our administrators and also our support professionals, so our teaching assistants and our secretaries. Um, we're all looking for for this to happen, and we are actually very grateful for the school system to come to this decision 
but we do know there's still a lot of work to be done. What specifically, I mean, where, where do you see is, I mean, you guys are the ones that are spending, I would say eight hours, but that's not probably accurate, but you know, eight plus hours a day in the schools that uh, need to be, I mean, we know that we do need to do physical distancing. We need to wipe down. We've got to have hand sanitizers. We've, uh, you know, but what does the school physically need to do? So yeah, you, all those things do need to be in place. I mean, we need to look for proper PPE to be provided, um, as well as the, the cleaning. But what's really important is also understanding that because schools have been so underfunded for for years and years, um, that's that's where a big concern for us came out um, in terms of how how realistic is it to have all these things in place in less than two months when we're asking our teachers and our students come to come back in. And so by starting initially with a, a virtual start, this will give us that time to to really, you know, number one, monitor if things do change with COVID, but also to allow the school system the time that it needs to help secure those resources. Well, you you talk about the, the preparation time to be able to do that. And, I'm, you know, I question how prepared we were for virtual learning back in March. And, um, you know, you probably have the same reaction right there that I do, because it seemed to me uh, as an outsider now, because my kids have come through Anne Arundel County Public Schools and they're out and graduated and all doing very well on their own. But it seemed to me that the school was woefully unprepared for that. Now, granted, everybody was woefully unprepared for this. And, you know, from the whatever you want to look at. Nobody saw this coming. Um, but when the schools were initially shut down because of this, it seemed like from the outside almost that it was like, okay, well, we got about a week shut down here. We'll figure out what to do. We'll just sort of kick back. We'll ask for a couple extra days from the state at the end of the year, and they'll cut it off that. And maybe if we have to shave off a spring break or go an extra day or two in the in the spring or summer, we'll do that. And it didn't seem like anything was happening in earnest to get you guys, to get the students prepared for what ultimately was the next step when Dr. Salmon came down and said, okay, hey, you know, we're going to close down for a month. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the, oh, heck, what do we do now? That's that's really what it seemed like to me. Was that is that somewhat accurate? So, yeah, first of all, I mean, everyone was, as you, as you acknowledged, uh, really not prepared for this. I mean, it came out. Um, so quickly um, in terms of, of the decision to close schools. But part of that also comes back to what I talked about funding for schools. Um, our school system, um, like many other school systems, ha- has not had the funding to be able to provide those resources that were then necessary in a digital space. Um, all students didn't have devices that they could access. We didn't even know the extent to which um, parents and, and families in their homes had internet access. And so those were all things that needed to be um, needed to be, number one, determined, but then also how do you then address that? And so I think that our teachers, our, our support professionals, they all did an amazing job in supporting the county in terms of really setting up their their virtual classrooms in such a short time to do the best that they could. But we also know that it, it wasn't what we would have wanted it to be. Like if we, if it was an ideal world and we were able to just flip that switch, there were so many things that we would have probably done differently um, had we had those resources and just a little bit of time to, to prepare for it. Do you think that over the summer and then since we've you know gone through a semester of virtual learning, are the teachers more prepared for September 5th? 
six. I'm not sure what the the first day of school is. I'm not looking at the calendar, but are the teachers prepared for this? So I I will say I I do believe teachers are prepared because uh, first of all, all through the spring semester, um, as teachers were trying their best, they were also communicating with each other. They were collaborating. They were trying. They were you know saying, hey, this wasn't working. What are you doing? And and so that piece of it was there. But also, since that time, teachers have been involved in a lot of professional development, um, specifically around what does digital learning look like. And it's not just how do you use Google, but it's how do you use these tools to engage kids better? How do you build relationships when you're in a digital space? Because that's something we have to recognize is when, when the students start back up, a lot of these teachers are going to have students in front of them that they don't know. They're, they're meeting for the first time. And so those kinds of things are trainings that have been ongoing. And teachers have been participating in those even through the summertime. That's something I never really considered, that um, that first couple of weeks of school when the teachers get to know who the hell who the hell's mm-hmm. in their classrooms. Wow. That's that's a that's a. And now, now all you're looking at is a, is a face on a screen. Right. So we're going to have to really be creative and um, really take the time to build those relationships because we, we have to give the kids and ourselves the permission to say, you know, we're going to we're going to carve out, you know, some time during the day to just get to know each other. So that way we can work more successfully together. You know, I had listened to a podcast about and it was a, a teacher down Southern California. I'm not sure where it was. And she was an elementary school teacher. And the way that she handled this and I, and I, I don't know whether it was mandated through the schools or whatnot, but it, I thought it was really fabulous. She said, OK, I get up in the morning and at six o'clock I record about a 90 minute lesson and I upload it to YouTube and which it could be Google, you know, Google Classroom or whatever it may be. But I upload it and the kids and it's, it's up there by 8 a.m. And the kids understand that between 8 a.m. and noon or 1 o'clock, I think, or 1230, they need to watch that. So, right. you know, you're not you're not dealing with, uh, you know, a specific time frame. But just during that time frame, you need to watch that and be prepared. They come on to a live Zoom call or maybe a Google Classroom or something like that to turn around at 1230. And they have another 90 minutes where they sit there and they do that. And they probably, you know, they probably sing and they do, you know, some of the games and the fun things that you would do with the teachers and whatnot. And then, you know, they assign homework. They, you know, she explains pro or problems and so on and so forth. They adjourn that class. And then she goes on to another 90 minutes and they're in half hour segments. And she goes one on one with the kids that just sort of rotate through. Now, obviously, it doesn't work for middle school when they're changing classrooms or high school. But for elementary school where you're with a single class the whole time. It, it may. And that way, she said it was great because you could sit there and look, uh, you look at their background, you can see what, what kind of conditions they're living in. If there's if there's a, a concern, you can see the physical condition of the child. And again, this is sort of getting into the health of the children. But the kids have a one on one time with the teacher. It's like, hey, what are you having problems with? I, I really don't get this new math thing. Uh, I don't understand this problem. I don't understand how this correlates with this. And then they've got that one-on-one time to be able to do it. And it seemed like a really solid, workable type of a solution. Right. And and it's very different from what we saw here in the, the last marking period of the year because there were a lot of we're, we're posting assignments, we're having kids check in, but not necessarily having them um, participate in a class. So one thing we're hoping for differently for this, the fall is to have some of that what they're calling synchronous learning. So kids coming in at the same time. So there is that feeling of community and that, that, that interaction live with a teacher or a teacher's aide. So that way they, they get that support 
um, that, that you're describing right there, because that's going to be really important. So it's not just uh, I'm going to come in, pick up my assignment and go. There's really true. Um, and, and while it's still digital, but there's there's really true um, interaction and collaboration and not just student to teacher. But if you've got those teach those kids coming in at the same time, then they can interact and uh, collaborate with each other as well. Well, I think I think Anne Arundel County was sort of hit or miss on this in the spring. And I know I've got a friend of mine, just anecdotally, something a friend of mine said, OK, he gets his kid gets an email from the teacher on Monday and says, OK, here's here's the links. Here's what you need to do. Assignments due on Friday. And that's that's the scope of it. Uh, there's nothing nothing between Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday that there's any kind of interaction other than the kid needs to go out and study those links or the, the pages and whatnot and turn in an assignment on Friday. Um, another one was like, oh, my gosh, the teachers were great. They were checking in. They were doing this and everything else. I've got a, a neighbor that uh, was unable to log on to Google classroom and said, oh, well, I can't figure this out. So I guess I'm going to go out on the boat. So, I mean, it was, and, and again, that was early on and, and, and it was, it almost seemed like, okay, well, we're going virtual. So you, and I, and I don't know the number of teachers in the school. I mean, there's what, like 50, how many, how many teachers do you guys represent? Um, so we have uh, 6,200 members. I believe there's uh, about 7,000 teachers altogether okay, so in the county. It almost seemed like the school district said, okay, well, you 7,000 figure this out. Meantime, we're going to see if we can turn up the volume on the uh, the Wi-Fi and see if they can get lessons in the parking lot, which was a ridiculous thing. But that's, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I just hope that there's something coming forward that's a little bit more policy driven and process driven to to get these kids interacting and find out why the ones that aren't interacting aren't doing that. I mean, is it is it a technology issue? Is it a, you know, and, and you know, it, it takes it takes boots on the ground to do that as well. Yeah. And and that, again, goes back to what I was just saying about the synchronous learning. And that's something that I, I believe is supported by the school system as well as as the educators. We, we do want to have those times that are really um, consistent and clear. And it's not just a check in because we, we realize that in the in the spring, um, while it was the best we had at the time, um, we know we can do better and we are working towards that end. And so um, while schedules haven't been set yet, um, I believe that um, that you will see more of that um, kind of live interaction between the class and the teachers and teachers aides. Well, I think with the cancellation or I don't say the cancellation, but the move to virtual, I I believe that by necessity also cancels fall sports as well, doesn't it? Do you know? Uh, so that's a, a little bit out of, of my my expertise, but um, I, I believe that they will be impacted. I'm not exactly sure how. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try to get in touch with uh, Mr. Moser this morning and see if he's got an answer on that to find out whether that's going to eliminate the sports there, because that's, you know, again, that it gets into the mental health and the well-being of the kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got a, a, a virus that we're dealing with that on one hand, we've got health people saying, stay away from your friends. Uh, you know, when you see them, make sure you jump away from them six feet and, and whatnot. And it's uh, and as a student, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about making, uh, you know, connections and learning how to get on in life and, you know, whether it be with your teacher, with it, you know, and, and so on and so forth. How do you feel the kids as a teacher? Um, and I, I realize that you haven't been in the classroom per se, but I mean, you have many years. But as a teacher, how do you feel the kids are making out emotionally and mentally and everything else through this whole thing? Right. So I, I think that that is something that we as educators definitely want to pay attention to and support our kids because we know that that 
a situation like this does constitute a, a level of trauma that that develops um, because that connection is is really kind of removed and and especially I, I think because you know I'm elementary background and I think about kids who are really developing their sense of social norms and what's acceptable and not acceptable. There are so many things that if we were to bring them back even in small groups and sitting behind partitions that we would have to really say, you know, normally we'd be encouraging you to go sit with your friends and, and sharing materials and things, but now that's not okay. And so I think that that moving to the digital space initially will, will help us in that respect that we don't have to try and correct things that really under other circumstances are things we would encourage. But we also have to understand that that, that piece of that true personal interaction is is removed up to an extent and so we we do know that our our school psychologists and our ppws are going to be a great resource for our kids and for our teachers as well as we're taking care of that aspect right and i also hope that the school district gets figures a way to get the technology i mean we're such a diverse county um i mean mm-hmm. we've got yes uh, I, I mean you know you know we've got we've got black and white and every shade in between Slow learners and special needs and just just everything that's going on here. We've got wealth, you know, incredible wealth to incredible poverty. And everybody deserves the ability to learn and and to be able to not provide the tech. To have technology be the the roadblock is abhorrent, in my opinion. Uh, Mm -hmm. Somehow it needs to be done. And right. I, I don't think it was. I, I laughed when I they said, "Okay, well they can go to the they can go to the parking lot, stay in their car, and download their assignments using the Wi-Fi." I'm like, I sit on the the board for the um, signature program at Annapolis High School, and I'm like, I can't get Wi-Fi in their conference room <laughs> yeah. you know, in the in the building. So it's yeah. uh, it's yeah. kind of crazy there. Um, well, I'll tell you as we wrap up, Russell. What let's just say that. Or somehow, um, I don't know, maybe it's uh, Jeff Bezos came downtown and said, hey, you know, Anne Arundel County Public Schools, I'm just going to leave this check blank and sign it at the bottom here. Uh, just take what, you, take what you need. What do you as an educator, and I do apologize for I keep referring to you as teachers, that's because I'm old and I realize educator is probably the new word. What do you need to make your job easier in the school to make this, you know, work for the children? And again, you've got to think that this, we're talking about this happening in the fall, um, mm-hmm. This quite possibly could be happening in the spring of 2021, and it could happen, you know, 10 years down the line. It could happen 100 years down the line where this thing all of a sudden just rears its ugly head, and whether it's this or something else that forces the the need to get out of schools. What do you need? What could we do to make it easier for you if money and resources was no object? So – yeah, if, if resources were, you know, and money is no object, I mean, that would be a, a dream world, right? Um, school systems haven't seen fully funded, and I, I don't know when the last time. But um, I think it is going to come down to, it's for the immediate future, obviously, um, I will say the school system has done a great job of um, securing the actual devices. And they, they've been there, they're in the process of of processing thousands more to distribute so that each kid will have a device. Um, But the other part of that, we've got to make sure that all of our communities, all of our families have the internet access um, capability to, to go along with that. Because we, as you've referenced a couple times, the sitting in parking lots, that really shouldn't happen. And, and not only have we had students sitting in parking lots, we've had teachers in their cars teaching from their cars in parking lots. Um, So we want to make sure that that is there. 
Um, we also need to understand that a lot of, especially like in our, our um, elementary schools and in some different um, high school and middle school classes, there's a lot of hands-on. And so having the resources to be able to send home to kids so that they can engage with those hands-on materials while they're still at home would be a, a perfect um, kind of situation for us. So, so those are two things that I can think of off the top of my head. But something that's kind of non-monetary, I think, is, is definitely um, it's going to take all of us. I think the support of the parents as well as the, the teachers and the, uh, the administrators and the support professionals, we all need to make sure that, um, that schedules look good for our students to be able to truly be able to engage. And we also have to look for ways to um, differentiate some of that. So in case you know, there are kids who can't log on at a certain time because of something going on at home, what is, how are we going to support that to, to make sure that they still get that learning that happens? Yeah, it's uh, and and it's you know the whole other ball of wax is that I I can't leave a third grader home and go to work, uh, correct? And so that's correct. Uh, that's you know a, a parent thing that's going to have to do. And I mean I uh, haven't ventured yeah. to to check out the comments on our story about like oh you know and I just know exactly what they're going to be. I mean you're going to have like oh thank gosh this is great, and the other ones are going to be like oh my gosh you know, what are you doing to us we you know and and. There, the fact is that there is no easy answer to this, and, right? And we're all trying to figure it out. Uh, I, I spoke with the people that run the boat show yesterday, and they're like, "We're trying to do our best. We're trying to figure out how to make things work." And um, you know, ultimately, it comes down to it. It may, it may not work, and that's you know what pretty much what the school district was looking to do. We want to go back to school. I think everybody does can agree there. Uh, the kids, the educators, the board of education, and certainly the parents. All want the kids to get back into school, but it's not going to be at the risk of the the, the health the, health of the life lives. of a, of a teacher or a student, you know, or anybody. I mean, we've got to be able to minimize that, and that's that's the end game of this. And um, right, it's, and, and and I will say that we we truly do acknowledge that there's not a perfect plan in any of this scenario, um, but we have to go with a, a safe plan. And I do believe that um, initial start to virtual is the safest plan because we have to think about our communities that are more highly susceptible. Um, we know that our black and brown communities have been impacted by COVID um, disproportionately. Um, and that also comes down to healthcare um, access in addition. And so bringing kids into a space that could potentially not be the safest space for them, we have to weigh that as well because um, we, we can make up the learning, um, but you know, loss of life is not something that we can we can come back from, and that's not something that I feel we we should be um, we should be risking. No, that can't that can't be accepted. There, I mean, I, I you know, I would say if there's one maybe good thing that may come out of this, and I know that the schools have had issues with um, bullying in the past. You know, I imagine that is obviously way down. It's not happening online that that you can see. I mean, obviously, I know that they've got the. Uh, the cyberbullying that goes on as well, but I would imagine that uh, I'd be curious to see what when the return to the classroom does come around, how that how this may have may have impacted that. I think it may may have had a positive impact. I would hope. I would hope too. I hope we're we're becoming a little bit more of a kinder um, and more tolerant, and understanding that you know that that there are a lot of um, differences that we have. But the other thing also that I think has been really good in this space is um, the recognition of 
of where we can do better um, for not just not just our students, but also the communities as a whole. You know, with that, I'll tell you what, Russell, I will let you get back to planning what the hell your educators are going to be doing in the next, uh, you know, for the next 45 days before we get back into school. Russell Leone, who is the president of TAC, which is the Teachers Association of Anne Arundel County, um, is the representative of pretty much like 90% of the teachers that are in the county, as well as some of their psychologists and other people that are actually working for your students in the schools. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh, thank you for your commitment to, you know, taking a job that doesn't pay that much that sometimes, you know, you probably want to go home and kick the dog, but it is in the end, one of the most important things that we've got going for us in this country is you working in and nurturing our future leaders. I will say, and I'll, I'll throw this plug out is that, and I'm going to screw up the name of it, but they've done, this is the second one. Let's talk about the online town hall that's mm -hmm. led by Drake. And this one, it's about LGBTQ issues. Last time it was about race, but it's the students talking about the problems they've had in schools and just being a young person today uh, whether last time it was about, you know, being black or being some sort of a of a brown or, you know, type of a discrimination. And now they're going to get into the LGBTQ. It is going to be on Monday, the 27th. And you want to tune in Anne Arundel County Public Schools YouTube channel. I watched the first one and I've never been more excited about the future leaders that we're going to have coming out of this generation uh, than I was when I finished that you know, hour and a half long town hall that they had. And I think um, you've got, you've got, we've got some wonderful kids in school. The future is bright. We just got to get past this whole COVID thing. You are correct. I mean, there's no doubt our, our, our students are just amazing and, and the things that they are doing in our community. I mean, it's inspiring. It's, it's truly inspiring. Who knows, who knows what the future will hold? I mean, who knows what tomorrow will hold, I guess, with that side, the, way, right. the rate things are going. But Russell Leone, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, best of luck as we move into a virtual fall. All right. And I do want to just say a, a quick thank you to all of our teachers because they have worked so incredibly hard in ways that they, you know, four or five months ago had never imagined that they would have to do. And um it, it was changing week by week, day by day sometimes. And the the one thing that was always in the front of their minds was how how is this helping my students? And that just, I mean, when I was meeting with teachers, that was always one of the first things that came up. And that is a true testament to how dedicated our teachers in Ann Arundel County are. This has been an update from Eye on Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Twitter at IonAnnapolis. And be sure to subscribe to our daily news brief podcast, which is delivered every Monday through Friday to your phone or device at 7 a.m.